0: Hey now, and welcome to the Elevate Yourself podcast. I'm your host, Rob Harden-Anderson, and I am the fitness and wellness manager at the resort at Playa Vista, and I work for Elevation Corporate Health and Wellness. Each episode on this podcast, I'm gonna be having a conversation with folks from all different walks of life about how to elevate yourself. It is my hope that these conversations will make you think, force you to change your best, and as a result, help you get a little closer to becoming the best version of you. Today's episode is sponsored by Iconic Protein. Iconic Protein is your go-to when you are on the go. Iconic Protein is delicious grass-fed protein in a variety of flavors, and they are giving all of our listeners a code for 15% off any order. 15% off if you use code ELEVATION15. Again, that code is ELEVATION15. As I mentioned, I work for Elevation Corporate Health and We've been in business for 26 years, creating customizable solutions for your fitness and wellness needs. From fitness management and online training to on-site classes and integrated technology, we help small and large groups alike get healthy and stay engaged. You can learn more about us at elevationcorporatehealth.com. The resort at Playa Vista is a 25,000 square foot state of the art fitness center. It is beautiful. And 11,000 residents have access to our facilities. We offer personal training, free group fitness classes, nutrition and wellness coaching, and so much more. You can follow us on social media at Playa Vista Resort. Let's get to today's episode. All right, today on the show, I am excited to welcome John Merrifield. John, 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 he is <laughs> Xbase. He, hel- he helps people build, position, and launch products since 2013. He started at Google, and then he has advised, worked with startups like Earbuds, I love Earbuds, and most recently helped Zephyr, a YouTube partner company. And his passion is building people and products, and is currently the co founder and creative strategy agency called Crowned.co, doing just that. Well, um, I love building people, I love building products, and uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to talk to you, John. John, for all of you uh, Playa Vista residents who are listening in, I'm sure you've seen John. He is a, uh, he's a regular at the resort. He comes in, I always think, like, you just like you got a plan. Which I still <laughs> respect when you're in the when you're in this fitness center. Like you've got a plan, uh, <laughs> and you come in and you do great work. Um, so I, I, I'm excited to talk to you today, man. Thanks for thanks for being on the show.
1: Hey, thanks, Rob. I'm excited about it, and uh, I definitely the only way I have a plan in the gym is when I I peek and watch you the entire time. So <laughs> I just I just steal from other people and then make it happen. That's
0: what that's kind of the secret to everything, isn't it? <laughs> uh, a little bit. Well, uh, the the question I, I love to ask folks is: uh, start at birth and and go. Start at birth and go, and just kind of tell us tell us about you.
1: Well, starting at birth. Well, I'm I'm a Texas boy. Um, full disclosure. So I was born and raised in Fort Worth, Texas, and um, just loved it, man. I mean, I had I had this upbringing that was pretty unique, where it was a really good mix of of city life, of country life. Like I had cousins that ran a massive ranch in East Texas. So we'd go out there and, and kind of experience the ranch life. And my sister had horses. So it's like funny when you stereotype Texas. Um, It's like, I definitely lived some of that where, you know, I had my belt buckle and boots and cowboy hat and the Texas life, but then I had this really cool mix of just, you know, uh, I was an athlete and, and played basketball and, and had all that fun time with those guys. And so You know, and I was, um, you know, I was the only white guy on the team in full disclosure. So it was, you know, it wasn't like it was a country life there. And um, for most of that, it was just, it was just fun, man. I I loved, love Fort Worth. Um, One day, maybe getting back there. But, um, you know, it's, it's a good life. And uh, born, born in July. Funny fact, I just want to say there, my mom celebrated my birthday on the wrong day for the first six years of my life. And then when we were moving, she found my birth certificate and realized it was a day earlier. And you know, I was the fourth kid, so I I didn't hold a grudge against her. But you know, that's just one fun fact about me. That's a great.
0: That's a great fun fact. Well, (laughs) (laughs) we'll get to that in a second. Go
1: on. All right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So born and raised Texas. Did did my thing there, and then I actually um, I went to TCU in Texas at Fort Worth for a little bit. And after a semester there, I took two years off and ventured out to England, actually, and did some volunteer missionary work out there um, for our church. And so I was there for two years, nonstop, just hustling and grinding. And man, that was an incredible time in my life as well. So it was the first time that I'd kind of ventured off. I spent a summer um, out out in Utah with some friends and did a little school there, but it was really the first time I had gotten out of Texas for that kind of experience. And, you know, London and England and that area is just gorgeous. The people over there are just amazing and unique. And, you know, going from 19 and 21, going from, you know, not really worrying about myself, but just trying to figure out how I can help others, which is such an amazing time of growth for me in my life. Um, But it was pretty cool. And I took two years off of school and everything and just went out there and did that. And, after I got back um, is when I kind of started getting serious about school and what I wanted to do. And I got back into TCU um and I was doing radio, television, film. So a little background is I always wanted to be a news reporter. You know, I got the face for radio, but I wanted to try to make it for TV. You know what I mean? That is, um, not,
0: that is not true. You've got an excellent <laughs> face for television.
1: <laughs> and so... You know i i wanted to make that leap and at tcu i had this like internship with espn radio right after i'd gotten back from that volunteer work so it was a really cool opportunity i would like sit i would literally sit courtside at the basketball games and it was fun because i had a few friends from high school that were playing on the team and so i was just like chilling there my friends were playing and it was like this really cool experience um i'll share this really quick short story but like one day i was calling trying to get a hold of my friend in idaho because my brother had sent me his number my brother was up in school in idaho And I dialed one number wrong and got a hold of the news anchor at the local TV station in Eastern Idaho, an NBC affiliate. And now this is before the days of LinkedIn. This is before the days of when they could figure it out. But I literally just dialed one number wrong and got a hold of this news anchor. And then we ended up talking for like 30 minutes because I was like, whoa, hey, I actually want to be a TV person. And it was just like. It was a wild experience. Fast forward. I called him a few times to keep in touch, and he's like, "Hey, when you come visit your brother, come down to the station and check it out." And I went up there, I went down to the station, and he offered me an internship on the spot. So you know, I was 21 at the time, but I was still technically a freshman in college, and ended up um, you know moving my whole life to Idaho to do this internship and switch schools up there and after three months, they offered me a full-time job. so in college. I was actually a full time news reporter for the local uh, n b c station, so I'd go to school in the morning and then by like eleven or twelve, I would go to like you know the police station to talk to the police chief and then the mayor and then the hospital and then the sheriff's office and I was like getting my stories and I had to get stories and go live on t v by like you know six o'clock and then ten o'clock and It was just a wild time, but um it was the best experience i ever had, and I did reporting for probably two and a half, two and a half, three years where I did sports, you know, local news and sports and had a blast with it. And that ultimately realized it wasn't the calling and direction I wanted to go, which was amazing. But, you know, took the last semester of college and focused on school and graduated, but had, you know, some really good professional experience under my belt right then.
0: Wow um keep 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 going i'm gonna gonna come back to all of this stuff this is this is awesome all right so so so, so you've uh so you've graduated you've now graduated we don't want to do uh news graduated didn't want
1: to be a news reporter and i'll be honest just a little insight to that is i kind of you know i remember very clearly very clearly waking up one day after like two years of reporting and i'm in this small you know sleepy town and they're like hey you got to find harder stories and i'm like (laughs) What do you mean harder stories? I'm in this feel good little lucky college town. It's not like there's crazy drama happening. And I love, I love the feel good stories. I love the stories of people overcoming trials and challenges and, and kind of that's what I'm all about. And so I did a lot of those stories that actually got really good ratings, but you know they wanted more hard news. And I remember one day waking up and just thinking, man, I hope something blows up today. And I was like, wait a second, no I don't. I actually don't hope something blows up today. I don't, I don't, I don't wish this at all. And I, I just realized for me personally, you know, the news was kind of, it was leading down a more negative path, hoping things that are are bad happening, apparent to, apparent to good. So, you know, I took a pivot there, graduated and tried to get into the marketing world. So I got into Marriott and did like their management training program and was going to go into marketing, ended up getting into sales. And we moved to Chicago for that, which was amazing. So Taking a step back, I met my wife last semester of college. So I had this plan of like graduating single and free, moving to a big city, <laughs> living the dream. And then I'm sitting there in the library and she walks in and she had transferred in. So this is her first semester. And I was like, OK, who is this? It's a small school. Never seen her before. Her, yeah. um, and, uh, you know, long story short, I try to play it as cool as I could for about a month. And then finally kind of like got her number and we hung out every day and we got married and we have four kids and we're just kind of doing our thing now. But that's a quick synopsis. A lot of drama in there. A lot of, <laughs> lot of excitement. No, not a lot of drama. But no, it was, it's amazing. So we, we met, we got, we, we got married after college in Texas, then moved to Chicago. Um, and then I was of Marriott and I was doing their management training program downtown Chicago. Then I got into sales with Marriott. It was, was really fun. But again, kind of figured out it wasn't my space, which is fine. You know, it's a, it was an interesting time to, to learn and, and manage people and then take a pivot. And dude, long story short, I was, I was literally applying to a lot of jobs because I figured out it wasn't my passion for that company. Um, and I was getting nothing. No one was hitting me up. No one was returning my resume. And I was like, what's going on? And then I had a friend that was at Google and we were talking, he's like, dude, you should come to Google. We're hiring like sales managers. That's exactly what you do, just a different product. And I was like, sure, I'll come to Google. Um, and he referred me in and ended up, you know, after literally probably applying to 20 plus jobs and nothing, um, it worked out well with Google and Google, I moved, we moved out to the headquarters out in Mountain View, California. And so we moved from Chicago to the Bay area and gosh, that was such a journey. Um, You know, that for me was very, and again, a very critical opportunity. And and that was 2013 when I really started getting into the passion in the world that I love. Um, And I was at Google for about five years. So I started out in sales um, working on, you know, helping businesses transform their company and over to like Gmail for business, which now is called G suite. And Google Drive, and just kind of help them with that digital transformation. And then from there, we um, I moved into the product marketing world. So I went from sales to actually then building, developing, you know, researching, and and kind of bringing that brand to life from the ground up. And um, amazing opportunity. And it got to a point, almost like five years in, where I just kind of wanted to you know move a little faster. And figure out where I could take the skills I've learned and apply them to like a smaller company that was in the earlier stages of a company, um, and that's when Zephyr worked out. So at Zephyr, we, um, you know, they had never built a product before. They had a managed service company, but they never built a product that someone could just use on their own. They always had to go through the managed service team. And so I came out from Google to to work with them, work with the product team, the head of product, the CTO, everybody to help build their very first kind of self-service platform. And, you know, we did the research, the positioning, the naming, the competitive analysis, and, you know, worked with everybody and really brought that to life, which was amazing. Um, and after it was built, I had the opportunity to actually kind of transfer to like a go-to-market role where I led the European launch of that. And so built the product, went over to Europe and started researching it. And then we saw there was an opportunity in the market so for the last, like, almost two years, I was in London almost every month, um, you know, working with clients. I had two consultants out there that were incredible um, and just trying to really get that market established and, and kind of go from there. So, you know, we built the product, got the market established, hired someone full time in the market. And then that was at the beginning of the year when I kind of took a jump and started Crown Co. Um, and really wanted to focus in on truly you know building people um, and took a break from the product side for just a second and I started working with athletes and you know in that space working on their branding and bringing their story to life Um, funny enough you know starting an agency like that right before sports closes is pretty interesting (laughs) Um, (laughs) but it's worked out great like we still are working with clients and and working with great people and you know now more than ever I think is an interesting opportunity to build one story and narrative um, but yeah and so I partnered with a, a great friend out of New York who's an extremely talented designer um, and he kind of you know creative director and he brings things to life and you know we partner on this all the time so it's um, that is I feel like it's a very long-winded version but you know my career has been amazing and ultimately. Um, it's been all around people and, and products and developing them. Like, you know, the I got the storytelling bug from a news reporter. I got the opportunity to manage a lot of people at Marriott and learn how to really work, you know, with just incredible people. And then Google got the people and products side and kind of went to the product side of Zephyr. And now I'm back to kind of people and also advising products on the side. So it's it's this really cool mesh and it's kind of while people – well, I, I guess people don't really look at this a lot, but you know, sometimes it doesn't seem like it's a very clear path. It's not like I went from a to B to C and it just is a very clear reason why, but I've, I've been in the sectors that have just been beautiful to to build what I've been looking for the entire time.
0: No kidding. Wow. Um, thanks John. That's awesome. Um, that was a great story. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I've much, got, no, 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 It's awesome. I, it's, that's why I love that question. I, 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 you know, I, uh, I do that when I'm hiring somebody, I'm interviewing somebody, right? I go yeah. start a birth, go. And like so much of what they share in that answer tells me whether or not I want to work with that individual, <laughs> That's uh, true. you know what I, I mean? Like yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so um, I want to go backwards, but I was just going to say, it's interesting. Now you said, you're now working with athletes to bring their story to life. And you talked about that news job
1: where you learn story. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, yeah that, It's a full circle. And I'll tell you one other fun fact. I met my wife and she loves this story, but my wife is like, okay, so I'm married way above my head. I'm just going to throw it out there. Like my wife's pretty (laughs) legit. And I met her while she was walking to a symphony orchestra class because she's a, like, she's a trained violinist. She's incredible at violin. And while she's going to that class and I'm like, okay, getting to know her, I'm feeling pretty good. I kind of forgot that I was on my way to storytelling. Like literally I was taking my final semester of class called storytelling. And so here she is, this beautiful violinist and, you know, so cool on a first meeting, and she's like, what class are you going to? And I'm like, oh crap. I have to tell her I'm going to storytelling. Like I'm, <laughs> like I'm a yeah, little kid. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm going to storytelling. And I was like, well, it's a 400 level class, but you know, like I'm <laughs> right. trying to justify it. Right. But you know, it, it, honestly, that was one of my favorite classes in all of college and it, and it was challenging, but I, the art of storytelling is something just very, you know, overlooked. It's you need it in sales. You need it in life. You need it in engaging. I mean, my kids ask me every night to tell them stories. I mean, it's just super fun, but um, anyways, that's just, it's a funny aspect of that.
0: That's well, yeah, it's such a good point. Cause it, it, it all comes back to story. I mean, that's been going on since the beginning of human beings, right? Like we yeah. sat around a campfire and told a story yeah um, we exactly. all that's why we go to movies we watch tv shows um so you made so many moves and that's so interesting you said you know the, with people think that there's a very <laughs> clear path but there there's not and i think yeah. my first like big question for you is where did you have the confidence to go like one to go do the mission for two years to just leave school after one semester and then where did you yeah. have the confidence to just go, I just had a call with a news anchor I've never met before. Uh, I'm just going to move to Idaho. Like, where Where does that – like, were you just like, are you just, I. this is an opportunity, I'm going to take it? Or, yeah, talk to us about that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I think everyone has a different belief system of whatever they, they feel. Some, You know, I read the book The Secret, and it's like right. whether you feel like it's – you know, a higher deity or a spiritual thing or whatever, I <clears throat> I personally feel like I believe in momentum and I believe in, you know, that there's opportunities that are placed in front of you, but that, you know, you have to act upon things and you got to you got to build upon that. And momentum is a huge thing that I feel in my life. and And I feel like whenever I whenever I land on something that kind of just starts feeling right, it's a spark. And And I think once you start acting on that spark, you see if it turns into a flame pretty quick. And if it turns to a flame, then freaking light the fire. And if it doesn't, then move on and move forward. And I think um, that's kind of how I've always lived my life to where, you know, I go based off of some initial gut feelings, but then I, I try to really quickly figure out if that's just a gut feeling and it's just, you know, me reacting or if it's actually a path that I should explore and go down. So... You know, the the mission was something where, you know, in our church, a lot of people do it, but I really felt like it was something I I had to do. And I had kind of dilemmas where I was like, is this really a decision I need to make or anything? But ultimately, I, I felt it was the right decision and I never looked back once I made it. And it was, you know, again, it has been the most incredible experience I continually draw back on. And it's kind of interesting. You mentioned like I was a news reporter and now I'm helping athletes in the same kind of sense of storytelling. Well, when I was in England, you know, I learned this whole market, this whole culture of people and this whole like environment. Fast forward to the last two years, I was going back there every month and working with that same environment and culture and you know right. a people that i got to love years before you know what i mean right and, and, you, and so
0: you had that confidence too i'm sure right so it's like yeah i can go to england and i, I know england right yeah to the guy that's never yeah. been to england before that could seem like a crazy idea
1: yeah it's interesting like i, I when i went with my ceo the first time and he's like oh gosh how do we navigate this city i'm like dude it's easy <laughs> you right. know right i was like let's walk here let's do this Let's take the underground here and so it's It is interesting um, when you say it like that. But yeah, I think to me, um, you know, how I was raised in my mom, she has all the confidence world. She's an incredible storyteller. I just I just think as a whole, I was I was always raised to just like go for it. And, um, you know, and life, life is definitely short and kind of I think one experience and this is hopefully not derailing too much, but. I had a brother growing up um, who actually passed away when he was 16 and I was 12. And um, I bring that up just because, you know, obviously it's a tragedy and we all experience tragedy in our life. It's just a matter of when, right? I mean, I think we all go through hard things and that situation was just, you know, I was 12 and I was younger and it's just, obviously it's a tragedy. But from that moment that made me realize how short life was. So at the age of 12, you know, I was always a goofy kid, but emotionally, I grew up pretty dang fast. And emotionally, I realized really from that instant that life is short. And, you know, my brother would always like want me to live the best life and everything. So I think at that point, I just I always looked at something and said, Free, go for it, man. Figure it out and go for it. Like there's no time to waste on debating too much or just sitting back or not feeling confident or just saying what if, you know, it's like, don't worry about what people think. Don't worry about those things. Just, just freaking if you got a, if you got a door, open it and run and see what happens. And um, you know the reporting thing was just super interesting. I just, I was already at TCU, I was already set up. I had my housing. My best friend was there. It's in my hometown. I had this ESPN radio internship, and then I made this wrong call. Like literally, I dialed the wrong number, and it just it felt right. And me and this guy vibed and you know, and I said, you know what, I need to get up there and figure this out. And when I went up there, and we literally just toured the news station, I had done my research. So I knew who all the anchors were and reporters from their website. I mean, again, this is before LinkedIn, right? This is before social media. And Facebook was around, but it wasn't big like that. And, um, you know, he offered me an internship. And I'm like, freak, here we go. You know, but you know, when you look at it, You know, I met my wife up there. I spent an incredible time with my brother up there. I was a you know, news reporter for eastern Idaho and I still have a newsreel online. You know, it's like so it's like, you know, you look back at life and I, I honestly feel like there's not one set path. Like I feel like there's gonna be opportunities in your life if you're trying hard and it's not like if one door you miss one door, you've missed everything. But I do know that if you follow momentum and Kind of go with your gut and just work your tail off along the way. That you know, I think good things happen. I
0: love, I love that. You got a door open, it and run, and then if you work your tail off, I, that's that's awesome. And I, and I also love, the, like you said, like you don't dial the wrong number. You get this news anchor. You end up getting an internship. So you go to school, and then you meet your wife. Like those are. That's a major. No, <laughs> that's a major yeah. life event that comes from dialing the wrong number.
1: Dude, I'm telling you, man. I mean, I'm telling you, I think about it sometimes and it blows my mind. But but honestly, it was. It was one of those events where, in me personally, the way I saw that was that I set up my entire life in Texas and I needed to go a different direction. So to me, that was one of those experiences where I was trying my hardest and I was so excited, but there was another door that was even bigger for me to go through that was just you know above above what I could imagine and and so that's where that took me and I've had that experience several times in life where I'm really happy with where the things are going but then all of a sudden I'm like wait a second what's going on here is there something brewing that I really need to figure out um and that was one of those experiences for me
0: that's an interesting you, you talk about the like the Texas and having it set up and then the happy because there's a couple of, like schools of thought right and there's, a, are you familiar with Carol Dweck?
1: I, I just started reading the, the growth mindset. Um, yeah, I'm familiar, but I don't, I don't, I'm not I, intimately familiar.
0: So it's like this idea There's like in life, you, you don't want to mess with happy or you should, we should attack challenges for growth. Um, mm-hmm. And it feels to me like mm-hmm. that was kind of the decision to leave Texas, wasn't it? It was like you had it set up, everything <clears> was okay, but you feel like it was too easy or it was, You felt like there was more. Yeah,
1: no, I didn't. It's a great question. I didn't feel like it was too easy. And I think that's important to kind of realize, like, for example, Google. I didn't think Google was too easy for me when I left it. Like, Google was incredible. And it was, you know, learning a lot and challenging. And I'm around literally, you know, some of the best people. And I still keep in touch with them to this day. Like, I just, I loved it. But I just felt that I needed to move to LA. And I felt like I needed to be here and, and change it up a little bit and, and go for it. And that, like, you know, that's, I will never regret that decision. Um, So I, I don't think uh, I just, again, it's more about inertia and kind of momentum and yeah. kind of make a decision and seeing where it goes. And, you know, for example, if I would have said I need to move to LA and started making it happen, then all of a sudden no doors opened or maybe some, you know, maybe it just wasn't right and I felt that like, you know, at least I did the due diligence to get there. Right. At least I did like my part to figure it out. Right. That takes an amazing
0: self-concept clarity to be able to go, okay, you know what? This isn't working. This was a bad call. Let's pivot the other way. Um, And Mm -hmm. then also to know when it's time to move and to feel the momentum and trust. Like that's really huge. I mean, it's, that's like, to the own self be true to really know yourself.
1: (laughs) Well, you it's an experiment, man. I don't think anyone's perfect at it, but I've been grateful to to learn a lot from it. I'll tell you that.
0: Talk to us a little bit about what is a day in the life for for John and Crown Co. Like, what does it look like right now for you? Are you uh, you an know, early morning riser? Do you, I mean I normally see you in the gym fairly early in the morning. I mean, like, what what's a day in the life? Do you kind of talk to me about how you you stack your day in terms of like. Are you emails first thing and then big stuff later? Or are you big stuff early and then emails end of the day? What what's a day in the life look like?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Right now it's obviously a weird time with, with COVID and, and quarantine and all that. It's still it's still I think you should still have a similar pattern. I mean, I wake up and I try to spend the first kind of thirty minutes of the day. You know, if my if my kids aren't around, I'll spend that with kind of my myself, like reflecting and And whether it's looking at the stock market or whether it's trying to read a little bit or whether it's just kind of like literally stretching and kind of sitting with myself, um, you know, it's I think it's important to have that reflection time and not a time where you jump into emails right away. Right. Where it's not like I'm jumping into the day and someone else is dictating my day from the start. I try to kind of have that moment. Um, and then the next 30 minutes are normally with my kids. So, you know, we have a newborn who's like four months old. Aww. So I try to give my wife a little break where she might be able to sleep in for 30 minutes. When I say sleep in, it's not sleeping. I, mean, I try to let her sleep for like 30 minutes. Um, while, you know, but I love my morning time with my kids. Like, you know, we'll sit, we'll chill. They'll just kind of little cuddly, make them breakfast and just have these little moments in the morning. Um, and then, and then that's normally when I'll hit the gym, like right after that and, or do like a little workout. And then by that point, you know, I've had this opportunity to reflect, spend time with them, get some energy out. And then I, I try to hit the ground running. So I've always been a proponent of trying to hit the heavy task early. Yep. Um, so if I have something I really need to get done that day and prioritize it for the morning so that I can be kind of fresh, top of mind and just kind of run after it. Um, And then after I'm done running after that, you know, take a break and and maybe eat. And then that's where I have, you know, kind of, I'll have calls in the early afternoon. And then by the time it's three o'clock, I kind of wind down getting back to work and and answering things, emails or whatever that I might not have had before. Um, And then I'm kind of, I'm not a big proponent of like a nine to five schedule, Mm -hmm. meaning like I've never just like shut down at five. But what I do do is I, again, I try to take calculated breaks um, It's funny because I'm pretty ADD and um, ADHD, I guess you would say. Um, and but I've learned how to use that to where it kind of works in, in my opinion, my advantage. So that I take like calculated breaks and then I heavy focus, calculated breaks and heavy focus. Um, and that's kind of how I've always operated. And so, you know, I'll work till midnight a lot of nights, um, but it's not like I'm working throughout the entire day. Like I. I'll space out my day to where I can get time with my loved ones, get some physical exercise there, have the calls I need to make. But I kind of love getting back on at nighttime after I've had kind of this little break and then kind of, you know, diving in. And some nights I'll be up to one, you know, just kind of thinking about this, you know, this right strategy or this right, you know, wording or this right way to position something. And, you know, I just kind of, I, again, it it's that it goes back to that momentum. When I start feeling momentum, I just kind of run with it. Well, a couple of thoughts
0: came to my mind there. You, at the beginning, and I've just read, I can't think of who the author was, but I was just reading this article about that we are, all of us are either larks or owls based off of when we were born. And when we, and so, so like you were born in the summertime, and you're typically, summertime babies are more owls, they do their big things at night. Yeah, like no, I was born, I was born, I was born in January, and like I swear, all of my big thinking things, like I front load my day with big things. Um, oh, that's hilarious! Yeah, it's it's interesting. So, well, that yeah. that, that theory proves true. Um, Bit with me. Um, I like what you said about calculated breaks, and that's something that I have talked to other people about, and something that I've started implementing, like in the last. I don't know, 12 months or so. And it really does work. And I, I kind of come back to it from like, almost like an exercise physiology standpoint as well. It's how, it's how I get in there of this idea of like, in exercise, we, we take breaks, we rest, and then we come back to it, or we do microcycles in our training. Yep, um, yep, And then that's how we get stronger. And I, I do think that that is super important um, for folks listening at home and uh especially right now with business it's easy to like let other things dictate your day and go I got to do this yeah. call to this call to this call and if you can if you're able to take control of it it really does help doesn't it
1: it's huge it's it's it really is massive and it's interesting I kind of I learned this principle when I was at Google in a really strong way because we had um we actually had a whole initiative um that one of my friends put together over there and they created this video about it. And the video had this kind of little virality to it, but it was basically about scheduling out time in your day and blocking out time to think. Um, and so I knew people at that point and I did the same thing where I would literally put an hour block, you know, within maybe two three days of the week where you couldn't schedule over it. Right. You know, I prioritize it. If they said, Hey, can you meet? I see you're open from 12 to one or whatever it is, you know, or one to yeah. two. I'm like, no, I, I actually, I can't meet during that time right um and so you know it it just becomes if you're if you're heavy that's one great advice like if you're heavy with meetings all the time you've got to create time for yourself and you got to protect that time um because i find most people that protect that time are actually more they're more able more capable you know there's a less of a burnout and you just you got to refresh and then keep running after it it's it's similar to what you're saying in training i think it's a very very like similar analogy of like you got to take break to really be like a max performer.
0: Yeah, gotta protect that time.
1: I love that. I'm even a fan of uh, power napping, by the way.
0: Oh, so it's literally it's
1: huge. It's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, really, I'll do that on a lot of days.
0: Yeah, it's really good. And I've read, and this is the recent. Uh, I wear a I wear a Whoop um, to quantify oh, my cool. sleep and everything. And, yeah. So the, and they talk about that the power nap should be like a power nap should be twenty to thirty minutes, um, yep. and it, that that's like the maximum. And then if you want to go longer, if you need longer because you didn't get great sleep, then you go to ninety minutes. Because, but yeah, like I I typically do life.
1: ten to tw- ten to twenty minutes. That's like awesome. I literally, if I if I crash for ten minutes and wake up, I'm like rolling. you so, ready to go again. Yeah. Yeah. Smart. But I, I'm a big proponent of that. Me too um
0: so you i uh did a little digging you you were quoted as saying um talking about linkedin in my research asking the right question the quality of your life depends
1: on the questions you ask i
0: i love this talk to us about that a little bit
1: you know i um Again, it was so as things compound, you know, when I was at Google, I actually had the opportunity to be involved in several like interviews and, and like they had this program called Toxic Google where you'd interview like celebrities or people that are doing book tours or different things. And it was just fun. Like I, my, I started a YouTube series there. Like your inner, I think your experience compounds on each other. And mm-hmm. so being a reporter and then going there was just really fun to start things where I, you know, went back to the passion of just figuring out what makes people tick. And one of the most interesting interviews I had was with the CEO of IDEO um, named Tim Brown, and he is you know he's an incredible guy. It's actually up on my LinkedIn. It might have where you saw it. But one thing he said is, you know the most creative people, like the best the the best leaders he knows are are those that realize that they don't have all the answers um, and that when you meet people that feel like they have the answers, you know that there's like a different feeling there. There's like, you know, and, and I'm not saying it's a horrible thing, but it's just a different approach. And it's way different than how I take it. But if you ask the right questions, and if you literally are curious throughout your life and consistently kind of trying to learn a little bit more, that the quality of life and the quality of work and the quality of just like your experience it's just accelerated and it's just an amazing time. And he talked about how, you know, even him as a CEO of IDEO, which is like, you know, this creative design firm, it's, you know, he will go places and he takes pictures of everything. He'll see a design in an airport, take a picture. He'll see this interesting sunset, take a picture Just And he just, he's so curious about everything around him. And he always asks, you know, why, or how is it like this? Or wonder why they did this or did it. And he's just always thinking and taking pictures and collecting this information. And it helps him just be curious and come up with something unique. And it helps him come up with something that's just like, you know, again, next level thinking. And similar to what we joked about at the beginning of like stealing workouts, you know, you can see that like I also I'm a big proponent of like I think all of us like to feel like we're being extremely original and we're the only ones doing something. Yeah. Like there is always, you know, aspects of something um, that you're taking and getting inspiration from. Of course. And, and, and so, but this whole, this whole concept of just asking the right questions, um, and when it talks about your quality of life, it just means that you're curious, and you're learning, and I think that you're more appreciative, and you're, you know, it, it just goes a long way. Um, but that interview was just super compelling to me, and it, and it helped me realize that my entire life, um, it was about asking the right questions, and not feeling like I had the right answers, but more so kind of searching, you know, for what might be the right answers out there.
0: I'm, I love that, and I think it goes back to the, this growth mindset. The, the, the idea that when you stop asking questions, you're in big trouble, um, and that we have to keep exploring. And I, and it's something you've talked about, too. It, it's, there's a, it's Franz Stompley. He's the guy that actually invented, basically, um, he's an exercise physiologist, and he basically invented uh, interval training. Um, Was the first one to quantify it, and he just said, "We are each a unique experiment of one, (laughs) and that (laughs) that it's all about tweaking." And I think when we take that approach to everything, of like, and I try to do this in things that we do, it's like, "Let's try it. Let's see." And, And and successful people, I find, they'll go at the end of something, they'll go, "Let me tell you about what didn't work, but this is what I learned." right so it's like you take yeah what? it's like that's that's fine it didn't yeah. work but this is what i learned from this um, yeah well that was no, a, It's so true there was a really awesome article um talk to me about i want to pivot here and this is and i think that this kind of goes back to you as a kid and talking about kind of fitting into different groups and everything um, I understand that you do a like a, a weekly, monthly basketball thing where you bring people together. Talk to us. About, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's awesome, <laughs> and uh, I, I think it kind of goes back to your ability to get along with everybody. And so, just tell everybody about the the basketball game and where that started, and kind of the the idea behind it.
1: Yeah, it's. um So I am also a big prone of sports. Obviously, I'm working in that space right now, but it's like. I just feel like it transcends everything. Um it puts people from no matter what background you're in or anything and it brings you together in just a unique way. Um and so gosh, it's, we've been doing this for over a year. I mean, it's coming. I don't know how long we've been doing this now, but um you know, it started out as like, you know, at the church that I go to, there's a gym and it started out to where there's a few guys that wanted to play and they knew I played, so I started going and inviting and and it and it was great and we needed some extra bodies at one point. So that's where you know, I first invited Sean, which you know Sean, yeah. yes. um, and his crew, and brought a few guys out, and it was amazing because you know those guys are incredible. We have fun, everyone's playing and just hustling, and it just became this atmosphere. Well, a few people started dropping off um, from where who I went to church with, so we just started inviting more guys from their group, and then all of a sudden I started inviting some guys, and then. Long story short, I mean, this started turning to this run where it's like we're in this massive group text, and everyone's like, "Dude, are we playing this week?" "Hey, are we playing this week?" "Hey," is it like, and everyone's like hungry for this now. Um, but what it is, I mean, it's just this great environment where, you know, you have people from all backgrounds, and you have guys that, you know, I don't, I don't, I still don't know what half the guys that come and play do. Like, I know who they are. <laughs> right. I know that we have a great time. I know that we laugh and we play. But I still, like, professionally, I have no idea who they are. <laughs> um, and, and what they're about, and I kind of love that, right? Because you know we're we're there just to kind of release, talk about life, and you know we we know aspects of each other's lives, but it just it takes a step away from saying like, you know, first question of you know what do you do for a living? Yep. And the the first question is, dude, what do you like? It's more about what you're about and what do you enjoy doing and all that kind of stuff. And obviously, career can coincide in that for sure um but that's the uniqueness of the run so we kind of we put a group text out there I'll invite some guys privately and we kind of cap it at 15 it was you know when we were able to get together and play we were doing it every other week and yeah it's a blast it's so fun
0: and it's such a uh, it's so different than a cocktail party or somewhere else where, (laughs) where you know where you get you know and it's you you are talking about work and I think that that's when you're on a basketball court or you're playing a sport, I used to play softball with a bunch of people and it was a very similar nice. situation where it was a big giant group of you get together on Saturdays and um, it, all different industries and nobody really talked about what they were doing. It was just like, I just know him as that. And then like six months <laughs> later you find out that, Oh, that's the guy that's, that wrote that movie or whatever it is. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It's like had no idea. He was just the the left fielder that made a nice play last week.
1: Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and I found out, you know, in as I've gotten older and had kids, you know, one thing about Playa Vista that's so unique is that, you know, there is a a community of just incredibly successful people. You know, people that have just done really cool, unique things. Um but there's several like dads I've gotten to know. And I have, some of them, I still have no idea what they do. Um, but then I find out what they're doing. I'm like, man, this guy's rocking it. You know, like, like, like it's like, that's amazing, but it doesn't start. Nothing starts at a point of like what you do. You know, I think, I think when it comes down to human connection and kind of just making an impact, it's all about who that person is. And so I, 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 and again, I, I go back to how I was raised to where, you know, I don't care who you are, what you are like, I, I don't care about, I like what you do. I don't know your net worth. I, I care about who you are and I care about what you're about and just what the, you know, where you're rolling. And so I just, I've gotten to you know, so many great dads and, and moms that are just awesome. And then I get to know what they're doing professionally. And I'm like, man, you're just crushing it, you know? And I just, I just, I just love that, but it's all built on just, we're just dads. I'm just dropping my kid off at school and we're all doing this together. And so we just, we, we get along, you know? right yeah it's like you're just you're just Tom's dad that's (laughs) exactly you know and 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 that's and the kids hang out it's fun but you just start realizing that like at the end of the day that you know a lot of these guys are just trying to be dads you know it's not they're just that's one of their main goals in life and that's where I really gravitated just getting great relationships with these guys that just you know they're all about trying to just be good dads but they've had some great success and I love learning from that.
0: We're in the middle of um, the start of May. I I do want to timestamp this just so folks know where we are once this is released and we're in the middle of COVID. Um, But talking about that, where do you see industry five years from now, 10 years from now, and kind of an even short term coming out of this, kind of where do you Mm -hmm. see
1: specifically your industry going? I mean, so specifically mine, I mean, it's an opportunity to get creative, man. I think that companies that are focused on digitally native platforms and, and telling a story through digital, digital ways are, are going to continue to see growth, continue to see opportunity um, and continue to rock with that. I mean, the sports world specifically, I think they're going to have to continually get creative on their fan experience. and. You know, there's a lot of talk right now of games being played with no people in the in the stadium. And I know. I, I, that might be something that happens more often, you know, right. creating fan experiences where it's so immersive that you're not in the stadium. And I, I know there's already been attempts at that, but, you know, I just think that it's a fine line of – look, we're humans and this connection is important. And it's not like that's just going to go away. It's not like that's going to be gone, right? It's, right. it's something that's always going to be an aspect there. But I think that you got to get creative on how you provide an experience that still connects, you know, the, you know, connects to everybody, but yet you're not physically right next to each other. Um, and I think sports are going to be super interesting. I don't, I don't know when you're going to feel comfortable just walking into a massively packed stadium anymore. Know. You know, I don't know. I don't know when I'm going to feel comfortable sitting next to a person. I don't know. Right. And I don't know where they've been and what they've been doing. Yep. And you know, and all that, like, that's just a feeling you have now and it yep. doesn't matter. Like it, and it's, it doesn't matter who that person is. It's just, you just don't know because yep. this is not something that, you know, is is susceptible just to one person. So, Right. Anyways, I, I so those things, I think, are going to be different. And I think that um, just figuring out how to provide that connection and be innovative in your approach, um, I think, is going to be massive. But, you know, being digitally native and uh, and in my world, the thing I continue to think about is how do I create that story and that connection, you know, in a way that makes you feel like you're right next to him or in a way that where you feel like you're just right on that journey with them when, you know, you might not be able to see him for a while. Nice.
0: Nice. I agree with you. I, I don't know when we're going to feel comfortable going back into a stadium. Like I was just envisioning sitting at a, at a game, favorite team, score a touchdown. Am I going to high five the guy next to me <laughs> that I don't know, you know, you know? like that. You know? that yeah.
1: I know. It's crazy. I mean, maybe yeah. you do, and then you just everyone puts hands in after on. the touchdown. Right. You know, it's like yeah, right. literally it's like there's that's the reality of of kind of a way. And I think everything comes and flows, but I think if this thing, you know, yeah. and I'm no doctor, so I'm not gonna talk to it at all, mm-hmm. but I think if this lingers for a long time, it's just it's changing behavior. And so maybe maybe five years down the line you forget about it and you're in a stadium and you're slapping hands. But it's like, you know, I think this is this is a moment in time that is is shifting it's a moment in time where we will see a shift in behavior we will see a shift in experience and you know i think it's a a real opportunity to figure out how you can provide a meaningful shift and, and be involved in it um
0: that kind of leads us into my last question before we get into some rapid fire real quick uh belief system um do you have a do you have a core like belief system that kind of Anytime you feel like you're uncertain or trying to find your, your North star that you go, you come back to.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I obviously, I've talked about the missionary work, so I have a, I have a belief system in that way. And I think what it boils down though, to for me is, is service. And, and what am I, what am I doing to serve those around me or to serve my client or to, you know, I think my gut check is if I feel like I'm just worried about myself and I think that, and you know, a time like this can help breed that. I mean, you can think, Oh, what about me? Or am I taking care of, do I have this? Where's my money? And if you get that mindset, I think it's to me personally, it's toxic. Yeah. Um, And so I think the core belief system that boils down for me is, you know, am I providing a service that's outstanding for these people? Like, am I, you know, is the product I'm working on providing something that just, you know, enables people to connect better or be better or whatever. And I think about that with the earbuds or something, right? Like I just, yeah. you know, I think for me, that's kind of the belief system. That's always been a formula for success for me is, you know, whether it's your manager at work and thinking, how do you make them look good or whether it's the client you're serving and, you know, cause think about it. I, I mean, I'm worried. I'm worried about my client way more than I'm worried about my own company and that might not be a good thing. Like I'm worried about their brand way more than my brand. And I think there's a balance there. But at the end of the day, I strongly believe that if you're making somebody else look really good, they're going to make you look good, you yeah. know, and, and, and everything will work out in the same way, but it starts with, with the other person. It starts with helping them feel better. And I think innately if you've ever done charity work or any kind of service, you know, it's funny, you work so hard to do something for somebody else, but at the end of the day, you probably feel better about it than they did. (laughs) You know, you probably feel better about that service than, than their end result. And, and I think that's the beautiful part about it. I think it's a, it's something no matter what you believe in, if you do it, you see the results. So that's, that's at the core of truly kind of how I approach business and, and how I approach things. And then that becomes
0: your brand too, right? I mean, that, that you talked about whether well, or not that's your, but, but if you are of service and you're providing that to your clients, it's becomes who you, who you are.
1: Um, 100%. And, and you get, and, and you get known for that yeah. and, and they, and they say, dude, yeah, you want to work with them because yeah. they're going to, they're going to put your brand first. They're going to, yeah. yeah. you know, they're going to give you the best service ever rocking this and whether it's a product or anything like, you know, like it, it goes, it goes a very, very long way. We really believe in that as
0: as a company, and we try to do that at the resort. And that uh, we we are in the hospitality business, and we're in the service industry. Hundred percent. You maybe maybe may build as fitness and wellness, but it is completely the service and hospitality industry. Um, and it's the difference between uh, I believe coming to the resort and uh, you know going to the, the chain gym down the street. Um,
1: I love it. Hundred yeah. um, percent.
0: Real quick, I'm gonna just rapid fire some questions at you here to close this out <laughs> all right all right uh I, i've seen you do a variety of exercises when you're in the gym but uh let's let's pretend you have access to the resort right now what is what is your favorite exercise <laughs> or uh, piece of equipment to use when you have access to a
1: gym I'm not going to lie right now. It's the elliptical. Nice. <laughs> I, am like, nice. I am, I am craving some elliptical time yeah. right now. Like uh, yeah. my neighbors bought one and put it in their garage. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like, do I really thinking about this, but yeah, yeah if I, if I had one, it would be that.
0: Got it. Yeah. Um, is it, uh, the elliptical, uh, what is it that you miss most about it? Cause there's certainly like cardio that I missed too. Um, I mean, I, it's the best
1: for my back, honestly. Yeah, I kind of have a bad ask, back. I'd ask you if it, it was that for the lower yeah. back. It's low impact. I love it. It's just like, you know, it's an easy one. I can listen to podcasts while I do yep. it, like, but it's it's a good workout. So I've, I either warm up to it or I make it my full workout. I just, yep. for me, the elliptical is <laughs> like my thing. Oh, I like it.
0: Um, best purchase you have made in the last three months? Oof,
1: this is a good one. Um, 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 I would probably say my standing desk. I went to Costco and I got this electric standing desk and this thing is game changing. You know, I've, I've always kind of had one at work, but at home I haven't had the best one and I finally found kind of this setup, up and yeah, it's, I love it. Nice. Um,
0: and are you, cause I, the, I learned this when I, I started with a standing desk and I made the mistake of I was like, Dude, I'm just gonna stand all day. I'm I'm one of those people that stand. <laughs> it's a bad idea. You, yeah, you gotta you gotta make it this. You gotta utilize the other side of it. So yeah. I try to go. I don't know what you found, but I try to go like 25 up, 25 down. Um, that's kind of my go-to. Yeah,
1: I've kind of built up a resistance over the years where I can maybe do like a 45 minutes to an hour standing, and then I gotta yeah. switch. But yeah. I just like. Yeah, you you got to switch it up, but it's it's game changing to be able to do it and not just feel hunched over all the time.
0: Best purchase you've made in the last three months for under fifty bucks.
1: Ooh, under fifty bucks! Gosh, this is a good one. Um, I'm gonna have to say, oh, this is this is a tough one. But I, okay, I got it. Yeah. Water balloons that just blow themselves up. But like you, you put the hose on and they automatically like close and everything. Have you ever seen this thing? No. It's like, they're at Costco right now. I'm <laughs> a famous plug, plug for Costco. But like literally we did a water balloon flight with my kids Yeah, and it was like annoying because you had to like get the balloon, tie oh, it up, yeah. kind of stuff. Oh, this yeah. one is like fully loaded with like 50 water balloons. You just connect it to a spigot. And it just like they fill up and then they come off the little end and then they're like a ready-to-go water balloon, perfectly shaped and ready to throw. And I'm like, what? So for me, that was a game-changing experience. But uh, yeah. yeah, you should check those out. That that was definitely pretty fun.
0: I will. I feel like a good portion of my childhood was just spent with water balloons <laughs> just, just breaking on my foot as I tried exactly. to tie it.
1: <laughs> exactly. No, this this changes the game for sure. Uh, favorite quote, favorite quote. I love quotes. You have a a quote that you go to, you know, it's such a corny one. If you say quotes, though, the main thing I go to and I mean, it's not corny. It's amazing, but it's Gandhi. He says, be the change you wish to see in the world. Um, I always go back to that man. And it's a good Mm -hmm. gut check for me. Like, am I, am I doing, am I acting how I would want to see, you know, people act and, and be about, um, but I love that quote. Good one. Good gut check. It's
0: good to have those gut check quotes. Um, do you have a do you have a go to like workout song? Like you get this song, like you, you maybe you're you're struggling, can't can't get it going, you're like, you know what, I gotta get the workout in. <laughs> I'm gonna put this song on. Do you have a go to workout song? To, like, oh
1: man. I'm I'm a good old I'm a good old Rocky fan. Like I had the yeah. tiger. I'm telling you, if that song ever comes on, you like yeah. my hair perks up on the back yeah. of my neck, and I just stand up and I'm like, "Dude, are we rolling? Is everyone yeah. ready to go right <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: now?" <laughs> same thing, man. It's
1: like that opening. It's like, yeah. and I'm like, "Dude, we ready? Is we ready? ready?
0: We going?" Yeah, <laughs>
1: so that's that's a go-to for me. It's funny that that's the first thing that came to mind, but that one's that one's amazing.
0: You know what I did? I did this like, this was right eight years ago. I was in Philly, and uh, it was cold. It was like January. I was staying downtown with a friend. Oh, yeah. And I did the run, dude. I did the yes. run. I did the run. I took yes. off and did like a mile run up the steps, put the song on.
1: <laughs> Just felt
0: like dude, a bucket I, list thing to do.
1: I have done that, too. I have done that. It is such a bucket list experience. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, i love it it's funny my wife had never seen any of the rockies because she grew up in mexico and so there's some things that like american culture i'm like wait you've never seen this Oh, i'm sure and so when creed first came out i made her watch all of the rockies and then we went to the movie theater and watched creed and she was like this was pretty cool okay. but like i literally i had to educate
0: educator yeah i mean it's, that's a it, you could almost write a thesis on on rocky's journey <laughs> oh my goodness well, John, thank you so much for being on here, man. It was so good talking to you and um, I just really appreciate you sharing your story with everyone. Um, where can uh, folks learn more about you and and crown.co and all that?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're in the building phase right now. I think if anyone wants to connect on LinkedIn, that's the best spot right now. Um, come find me on LinkedIn, connect. We'd love to, to catch up and we're, we're kind of, like I mentioned before, we've been working with clients and we're finally buttoning up our brand. So, um, a lot of that content will be coming soon, but yeah, LinkedIn is the main platform for me right now. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much, John, and, uh, stay safe. And, uh, I look forward to seeing you on the elliptical at the resort very soon.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Rob. I really appreciate it, man. Have a great day.
0: You too. Bye.
1: Bye.